Another week full of contracts and players getting extended, players possibly leaving for the KHL, the all or nothing trailer, and the Evander Kane situation and more. All that coming up on the Second Thoughts Hockey Podcast. Let's go. Episode number 96 of the Second Thoughts Hockey Podcast. Calgary your host as always. Instagram and Twitter at ST Hockey Podcast. Follow along on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, if I do an episode next week, I might have a special guest joining me. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Another article posted on the hockey writers following the Vancouver Canucks. And, you know, despite the 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 animosity and the critics towards them and their general manager Jim Benning they will be better offensively and you can read why on the article I'll post it up on the uh, Second Thoughts Hockey podcast page and on my personal account at Kyle Grimard. Okay, we've got a lot to get to today, including uh, the Minnesota Wild and Kirill Kaprizov. More contract talk and signings and players taking extensions. One deal that I'm very fond of that will break down even more. The whole Evander Kane situation and, well, what the podcast episode is titled. And that is where we will start today about the Toronto Maple Leafs. And the trailer for the Amazon series was... Announced, it was posted, and here's a little taste of the All or Nothing trailer. I feel our team slipping. That's all we want to be about. We're a lot better than that collectively. Let's go win a game. Come on. 54 years since the Leafs' last championship. I think we're starting to see them grow up as a team. And yeah, we lost again. But what happened behind closed doors is a story you'll want to see. Then I don't know what the is going to happen. My patience is running thin. We have to live the success that we all aspire to. Communication off the ice is very important. So this is where it starts. Sculling balls into the neighbor's yard. This is the raw, uncut version of our family. Sometimes you're like, this is tough. You gotta find that belief to continue fighting. His game's great, his mullet's even better. <laughs> so there you have it the uh, trailer for All or Nothing, the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's the teaser trailer. The series announced that is going to be dropping October 1st. It is a five episode series that will break down and give us an in-depth exclusive on the Toronto Maple Leafs players, their locker room, the season, and just seeing that there. And I know that this is going to apply to a lot of Leaf fans. Of course, I've said it on this podcast before. I like to be neutral and unbiased, but sometimes my inner Leaf fan does come out and you know I, I go about them in a specific way. Seeing this and knowing the frustration of how last season ended. This series has a real opportunity, and I'll explain why it was announced that it's going to be coming out in October. This has a real opportunity to show the frustration of the players in staff and be motivating and show that, one, obviously they care, but show that you care. Show a little bit of personality, 
And honestly, show that you're not invincible. Show that you're not these figures and people that we as sports fans put on a pedestal because of where they are and what they represent. This has a real opportunity to show all that, but it won't. You know what I want to see? I was listening to a few other shows kind of talking about this and a lot of really great points were made. And the one that really stuck out to me was this is from the Steve Dangle podcast. And I forget which one of the guys said it. It was either Steve or it was Jesse. And they said, I want to see Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner not as their fake personas in front of the microphone, right? Because every every player in the NHL gets gets schooled and gets taught how to how to be in front of the media. And that's not your personality. There are very few players that show their personality on camera, you know, after a game and whatnot. You know, Robin Leonard's a guy who does it, PK Subban's a guy that does it. Um you know, it's it, but they're very far and few in between. Like the biggest superstars in every sport have personality. Take the Aaron Rodgers situation in the NFL. He was on Jeopardy. He was hanging out with Miles Teller in the offseason. Basically, there was a big feud between him and the team. And the, the first time he spoke in front of the media, he opened up and he told everybody blatantly why he was so pissed off. And then you saw it and you're like, well, yeah, I get it. He spent the whole summer of people hating on him and ripping him and saying, how can you abandon this team and how can you do this? And it's so petty. And it took a five-minute press conference for him to lay out all of the things that frustrated him and led him to this point. And by the end of it, you were like, oh, I'm on your side. Like, that's, that's BS. That's stupid. All Mitch and Austin have to do, and those are the two guys, by the way, those two and maybe John Tavares. Because you go by based on your role on the team. But let's be honest here. It's based on the amount of money you make, which plays a significant role into your part of the team. No one wants to see for as much as we love it. And there was a lot of Justin Hall in that. But Justin Hall is not the key configuration piece that's going to be the reason Toronto gets over the hump. That's going to be on their star players. It's going to be on Austin Matthews. It's going to be on Mitch Marner. It's going to be on John Tavares. Now, in all fairness, John Tavares got injured in game one of the first round series against the Montreal Canadiens, to which point he was no longer on the ice and could contribute to help the team. But Mitch and Austin were. And between the two of them in a seven-game span, both of them being top five in scoring in the regular season, they combined for one goal. So this, and I don't think it's going to happen, but this would be an unbelievable opportunity to get cameras on them immediately following that loss and them sitting down and opening up and being honest about how they really feel. Say that it sucks. Say that you're pissed. Wayne Simmons did an interview earlier with Sportsnet and they asked him, you know, are the feelings still there? And he was as honest and open as can possibly be, saying, honestly, I haven't even watched it. It pisses me off that much. It angers me to my core to sit down and watch that, that video. He doesn't even need to watch it. He is fired up and ready to go. 
lot of people question why would they bring Wayne Simmons back? That's why. Because the anger is burning a hole in that man who wants to go out and freight train people and take out his frustration. And you're allowed to have lives outside of hockey. But this offseason, you know, you're seeing guys like, you know, Jake Muzzin back in his hometown training, right? Seeing uh, guys like Curtis Gabriel, who they Toronto just got in the offseason, already in the gym, ready to go. And then Mitch is on vacation for weeks at a time. Got engaged. Congratulations to him. But there's no, like, motivating videos of, like, we're coming back harder. Right? And there's very few players that do that. McDavid posted it. Right? When he had that injury and there was a whole drama. There was literally a documentary about how McDavid was going to get surgery and come back. And there's training videos and rehab and getting back at it. And Austin Matthews just had surgery, so his wrist will be good to go before the season. But, you know, there's no... There's no videos that show they care. And I'm not saying they don't. But you've got guys like Wayne Simmons who are visibly still sour about how last season ended. And Curtis Gabriel, who hasn't even met the team yet in the gym. Nick Ritchie coming in in the gym. There's a reason Toronto this offseason didn't go out and get a guy like a Joe Thornton or a Patrick Marlowe. Or Zach Bogosian. Guys who have a little bit more voice and can speak up for the team. Right, this was Kyle Dubas saying, you're not getting that crutch anymore. You want to be paid to be the, the leaders of this team. Start acting like it. This is a great opportunity for those guys to open up. And yeah, you're going to see clips about them being with their families and it's all nice and in the off season and we're golfing. And I'm not even and I'm not even going to be hard on it because it's it's three or four players that I want to see it from. It's Austin Matthews, it's Mitch Marner, it's John Tavares. And I feel like if they do it on Jack Campbell, Jack Campbell was also very honest after the game. Even though it wasn't his fault, he said he gave up a goal in Game 7. He's like, that cost us the series, and it's my fault. Because he took responsibility because that's the type of person that he is. But everyone else just did the Joe Schmo. Yeah, you know, we gave it our all. Came up short. Right? Like everything you never wanted to hear as a fan. And the fourth player is Morgan Riley. Morgan Riley's been with this team the longest. He has been through absolute hell with this team show us a little emotion Morgan show us you're pissed show everybody that this is burning a hole in your core that you are not itching and rearing to go and prove everybody wrong because there's talks about well he hasn't done a whole lot and after the season when his contract ends we're just going to let him walk and that's not what anyone wants because Morgan Riley's a fantastic player you want to know why I excluded William Nylander? Because William Nylander was Toronto's best player outside of Jack Campbell, maybe, in that entire series. He put the team on his back. He took his game to new heights. There are times where you can let your actions speak for you, like actions speak louder than words. For William Nylander, he's allowed to do it. 
because he showed up. Mitch and Austin didn't. I'm sorry they didn't. So in this series, I want those two to show their frustration, show they're improving. Because basically, you're not, I've heard this so much from people. I'll be excited for the first game of the regular season. By all means, I'll be excited that hockey's back. Everyone gets that initial bump of excitement, right? And hockey's back and game one of the regular season. Fans are in the building. It's 82 games. And then like a week in, everyone's going to be like, all right, like we don't really care anymore. Get to the playoffs and then prove it to us. Because last season was the hype year, right? Everyone was like, nah, this team's different. They're different. They were holding on to leads. It was the best defensively def- defensive performance that they have had in recent memory, in recent years. Their goaltending was incredible in the playoffs. They were up 3-1 against Montreal. A surefire ticket to move on and play and play the Jets. And they blew it in spectacular fashion. And we can ride this horse over and over and over again. But Leaf fans, at least a lot of Leaf fans that I know, are like, yeah, you're great in the regular season. Who cares? Win a playoff series. And now it's getting to a point where fans are even like, is that even enough anymore? Like, just because you win a playoff series doesn't mean that everything you've ever done has been immediately Immediately forgiven. There's a 57-year drought of winning the cup or 50, whatever the timing is, 54 years. So this series, all or nothing, needs to be a beacon of hope for fans. It needs to get fans excited again. And that's why they're releasing it in October. They're not releasing it now. They're releasing it in October, on the 1st, but two weeks before the regular season starts, because I think it starts on like the 16th or 17th. So they will spread out the five episodes over that time frame right up until puck drop and game one against the Montreal Canadiens. But that's what it's got to do. It's got to hype fans up, because a lot of fans, are I've, I've heard, and mainly the one that I've heard, and a lot of people agree on this, Steve Dangle. He was excited for the last few years when the the core was young and exuberant, and they're still young, but it's been like six years. It's been like five or six years now. 2016, 2015, 2016, that was the inaugural season of the Matthews, Marner, Nylander era. And there are going to be players featured on this who are no longer a part of this team who played a big role. Zach Hyman, not there. Frederick Anderson, not playing a game for the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore. Zach Bogosian, gone. Joe Thornton, all those voices, gone. Kyle Dubas didn't give these young guys uh, an option. They're like, we're not bringing in another guy who's a quote-unquote veteran and a leader off the ice. Be the leaders off the ice. We're paying you $11 million. It's not just to put a couple pucks in the net during the regular season. You are everything. Kyle Dubas has stood on whatever leg he could find and petition, I am riding or dying with this group. 
this is the time to show him he made the right call. Because after the season, if we're sitting here and another first-round exit goes by, I will absolutely guarantee you this core will not be back. At least a member of this core will be gone. I'm not talking about Morgan Riley's contract ending. I'm talking about one of the big four up front getting moved. There's no Joe Thornton. There's no Patrick Marlowe. There's no veteran voice in the locker room to speak up on your behalf. I think it comes down to three guys who need to be the leaders in voice and take control of that room. Austin Matthews, John Tavares, and Morgan Riley. Mitch Marner is not that guy. You need to be the sidekick to, to Austin's Batman. John, you got to be the silent leader, but when you speak up, it needs to make waves in the locker room. I think if Mitch were to speak up in a locker room, because you know who those guys are, right? If, if you've ever played hockey before and you're with a tight-knit group and you're in a locker room, there's like a very few select number of players that when they talk, you listen. Those players in my eyes are Morgan Riley, Austin Matthews, and John Tavares. I love Mitch. He's one of my favorite guys on that team. I think he's one of the most skilled players I've ever watched live. But he's not, that's, he doesn't bring that juice. Austin is 6'3", 220, big boy, the face of the team, the Rocket Richard winner. That's the guy that's going to get the attention of a room. Morgan Riley, who has been there through everything before these guys were even here, would get the attention of the locker room. John Tavares, who left the team that he was captaining, who have gone to back-to-back conference finals or semifinals, left them to come here to win a cup. That guy would make a difference in the locker room. People would listen to him. I don't care if you're not good at public speaking. I don't care if you're not good at talking in front of people in in large groups. These are your boys. Doesn't matter what you say. They will go to the ends of the earth for you. But you've got to lead on and off the ice. So Kyle Dubas didn't give these guys a crutch to lean on. There's no Thornton, no Marlowe. Those guys don't talk now. They're gone. It's up to those three in my opinion. But I think this documentary docu-series, whatever you call it, has a real opportunity to show that frustration and to to show the motivation heading into next season. But I don't think it will. I don't. I don't think it will. I think it's going to be a lot of what we already know and what we've already heard about a million times around this team. I think it's going to frustrate a lot more people than it's going to excite. But uh, we'll see what comes from it. All right, let's move on to a situation going on in right now over in Minnesota. And there have been a lot of rumors swirling about Kirill Kaprizov's contract with the Minnesota Wild, and there are potentially deals on the table for him to go back to the KHL. There was a rumor, I think it was like CSKA Moscow, uh, offered a deal to, to Kaprizov that hit a roughly $10 million per year. And Bill Guerin, who is the general manager of the Minnesota Wild, came out and with all these, you know, pieces of information coming out and they asked him, is like, is it uh, is the threat of him leaving the KHL or does that upset you? And he goes, it's not my decision. Doesn't bother me at all. 
It should bother him. It should scare him. This is priority numero uno for you. Kaprizov just won the Calder Trophy as the best rookie in the NHL. 51 points in 55 games. A scoring machine. And he was a fifth-round pick six years ago. And he made that impact year one. The development was there. Right? Everyone talks about how hard it is to draft and develop guys. The easy part's paying them. Asked Toronto. Paid them all. Made it work, but paid them all. And it doesn't bother him? Think about it from the player's perspective here. You're sitting there, right? You you work for a company. You are one of the best employees there. You make a difference there. You get offered a contract or a job to go work elsewhere for a very pretty penny. And your employer gets a whiff of that and says, eh, I don't care. Not my choice. Where would you go? Would you go with the company that's offering you $10 million a year? Or would you stay with the company that says, eh, it doesn't matter what they do. I don't care. doesn't bother me. I'll find another one. How does that make you feel valued? You just lost your two leaders in Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. Your goaltending consists of, I don't even know, Cam Talbot and Alex Stalock. I think he got actually selected the Kraken. Your two leaders, guys who have been with this organization for time are gone. You bought them out. And who do you have left? I understand that they were great last year. I do. I understand that. How much of it had to do with Kirill Kaprizov? A whole lot of it. Eric Hall is gone. Suter's gone. Parise's gone. They re-signed Kevin Fiala to a one-year deal at $5.1 million. Oh, and by the way, the Wild have $13 million in cap space. You can't put together a long-term deal to get that guy locked up for good. This guy's only getting better. You don't got to go through the painful years of, of developing anymore. That's done. You did the hard work. One good year on a cheap contract, and now he wants some money to stay long-term, and it doesn't bother you that another team is coming to get him? If I'm a team with any cap space right now in the NHL, how are you not throwing an offer sheet on this guy or something? That's a difference-making winger in the prime of his career, 24. I understand that Bill Guerin is a very well-respected individual in the NHL, specifically at the general manager level. He was a player for a long time. He's a Stanley Cup winner. He's played among some of the greatest players to ever play the game. But as a general manager, there are very few guys that can pull off having that bravado or that ego with them. The only one I can think of is Lou Lamorello. Steve Eiserman doesn't have that. Steve Eiserman is a very well-respected individual from what we know and from what I've heard. 
right? He signs good contracts with players because they respect him. He respects them. He offers them longevity. He offers them a significant dollar amount, even though every deal in friggin' Tampa Bay is a steal. But he doesn't have that. He doesn't have a your my way, the highway. Most GMs don't. Pierre Dorian does, or whoever does, the general manager for the Ottawa Senators, but it's because they just can't pay anybody because they don't have enough money. This doesn't, if I'm the player here, it bothers me that my general manager is not bothered by the fact that the KHLs offered me a $10 million contract to leave. If I'm not sure that I'm being valued, if I don't have any impact after I led the team in scoring and basically to a playoff run, I'm out of there. You don't care about me? See you later. These guys do to the tune of $10 million. You've got the cap space. You bought out the two players that were taking up a lot of the cap, and I know it's going to suck. But lock him up. It's a Calder winner. He's only getting better. Over an 82-game season, it's like a 70-point player. 70, 75, maybe more. That was his rookie year. He might just be even better. He might be a 40-goal, 40-assist guy. I don't know. But there is a real possibility that Kaprizov is playing in the KHL next year. And honestly, a lot of it will have to do with the fact that his general manager didn't care. Um, Okay, I want to move on to... It's been a touchy situation over there in San Jose for the last little bit. And it's a story that's not fading away either. You know, normally you hear stories about this. I mean, like the whole... The Logan Mayu selection from the Montreal Canadiens. That kind of blew over. I bet they, they still get reminded of it. But it's not the topic of the NHL right now. Right now, now the league's kind of waiting for how Montreal is going to forward themselves and improve on what has been a very questionable offseason for them. Um, it's been tough. Like they've lost a player to free agency, one on injury. They brought in a player who has had locker room issues with multiple organizations in Mike Hoffman. The draft choice at the end of the first round after that player specifically said that I don't want to be drafted and did everything he could. And the team went and picked him. Uh, San Jose, this is a situation that has continuously gone on over the last, I want to say several weeks now. And the Evander Kane scenario causing a lot of headaches. So according to Kevin Kurz of The Athletic, Several of Evander Kane's teammates do not want him on the team once the season starts in the fall. A lot of the chaos surrounding Kane is currently among, uh, coming from the pending league investigation after his wife, or it it might actually be soon to be ex-wife, alleged him of betting not just on games in the National Hockey League, but on his own games. Now, despite the allegations, uh, the league has decided to make a full investigation. Regardless, uh, Evander Kane has reached out and sent out multiple posts saying, unfortunately, I would like to address the completely all caps false accusations that my estranged wife and soon-to-be ex-wife has made. That was a quote from Kane uh, a couple of weeks ago on Sunday. 
Said even against the advice of my legal team, I feel strongly that the public fan, the public and the fans hear this directly from me. I have never gambled slash bet on hockey, never gambled or bet on a Sharks game, and never gambled or bet on any of my games, and never thrown a hockey game. Now it's obvious as there have been some bankruptcy issues in his past. As uh, um, he, there was a debt, an article that came out that said that he owed over twenty six million dollars in debt, according to a petition. He lost over one point five million dollars in gambling during twenty twenty, and later he revealed that he has participated in therapy for his gambling addiction, and has gone on and said. Now, the one part about this quote really sticks out to me, as he says even against the advice from my legal team. I'm going to read that again. Before he said that he feels strongly that the public and fans hear it directly from me about he's never gambled or bet on hockey, a Sharks game, his own games or thrown a game. He said, even against the advice of my legal team. That's not a good start. Because what happens when you discuss things with your counsel, with your lawyer, they ask for the truth. They want they they need to know everything. And the reason for that is so that opposing counsel can't use that against them without that lawyer knowing what's coming. Right? A lawyer will, will go up to you and say, "Tell us everything. Start to finish. What do they have on you? What are they accusing you of? What's true? What's not true? You got to be completely upfront and honest with us. You got to give them all the information so that they can take that information, the lawyers, and use it to the defense for their case. Saying that even against the advice of my legal team says that there's something there. This isn't a whistleblower. This is not a nothing case. There is proof. And there's video evidence and photo evidence of Evander Kane in Vegas with stacks of money being held up against his face, pretending like he's making a phone call. He filed for bankruptcy and has debts of over $26 million, lost a million and a half of gambling alone in 2020. Um, It's, uh, you know, I feel bad too, because this is a guy who is a very impactful player on the ice. He's physical. He's like, if you were to have a, a an archetype for the perfect power forward, he might be your guy. He's a lock to get 20, maybe 30 goals over a full season. Is physical, goes to the dirty areas, is tremendously talented, can finish. It's a nice cap hit at 7 million for 4 years. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, he has he has an illness. Gambling's an illness. Just as depression is, just as being sick in other ways, whether it's more serious of if cancer or diabetes, the fact of the matter is he's sick. Because if he wanted to stop, he would. Right? It's why a smoker can't just quit smoking. If they would... Right? They just do it. They wouldn't go buy nicotine patches. They wouldn't go get hypnotized. And that's the thing, by the way. If you're a smoker, you can get hypnotized. And the, and the person who hypnotizes you basically 
inserts it into your brain that every time you think of a cigarette, it happened with my father. He was able to to get off of it. You got to pay a little bit, but you get hypnotized and you're immediately cold turkey from smoking. Um, but it's it's and that's what it is. And the fact that it's been released that he has gone to therapy for it. Um, there were other issues with him, unfortunately, of. Uh, gambling is apparently back in 2019. He was sued by Vegas, Las Vegas Casino, for failing to pay back $500,000 in gambling markers, which he has, uh, which he was lent in several installments in April of last year. Um, but yeah, this isn't going away. And now the players, you know, of the Sharks team say we're not playing if he's on the team, which is a huge question mark. San Jose's been dealt a couple, I mean, no pun intended, but a couple really bad hands in the last couple of years. When the season restarted back up last year with the 56-game schedule, you know, there were there were reports and rumors that they might not even be able to play in San Jose because of the regulations with COVID in, in, in the state. You know, and that gets over. The bubble's gone. You know, people are, apparently Winnipeg's going to a full, they're, Winnipeg's doing a full capacity arena come start of the season. You know, just when you think San Jose is like, all right, like we got it figured out. We got some players. Let's get on the ice. And then, you know, unfortunately, this and this is the worst part about it is the way that Evander Kane makes this money back to pay it off is by playing. And if you don't, I mean, not if you don't play, you don't get paid. But, you know, if you get bought out, you're getting those installments over a much longer period when I feel like Evander might need that seven million up front now. You know, and the, and the taxes over in San Jose are significantly better than they would be here in Canada. But this all this all goes back to it's 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 a disease. It's an illness. Gambling. There are people addicted to gambling. You ever hear a gambling ad? Right, gambling ads will they'll give you all of the uh, they'll tell you all the promotions they got going on. Tell you all the deals. Your first hundred bucks is on us. We'll match it. And at the end of the gambling ad, right, they say gambling is illegal in this state, this state, this state. If you are, you know, here, 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 must be over the age of 18. If you have a gambling problem, please call this number. They have to include that now. It's like with, with cigarette packs. They have to include what it could do to you. Hey, here's our product. By the way, if you smoke this, you could die of one of here's 19 reasons. They have to put it on there. And there's a reason for it. Because it's addicting. So, situation's not going away. Investigation is still happening. Evidently, the investigation should be wrapped up by the time the season starts. So we'll have a little bit more clarity on it. But as of right now, August the 17th today... Still a lot of back and forth. Still a lot of allegations. That's kind of where we stand right now on this. Several members of the Sharks organization have said that they have no intention of playing if Evander Kane is going to be playing this upcoming season. So, Tough stuff over there. We'll see how everything plays out come the next couple months. Uh, I want to finish off here, and I'll get to a few other signings in a little bit. A lot of smaller ones that took place over the uh, last week or so. Not small, but one I wanted to highlight in particular over in Smashville. And the Predators re-signed goaltender UC Saros to four-year contract extension with an average annual cap hit of $5 million. Why I love this deal so much 
And this is why deals like this I'm fine with. It's not long-term. It's only four years. It's a reasonable cap hit. Pecorine's gone. But they're Nashville, what they just did is they bought, they just bought out Saros's 20s. He's 26 years of age. This deal will end when he's 30. It's a reasonable cap hit. And now he's got enough of a banked resume, a repertoire to give him the money that he deserves. They also brought in a backup goaltender, David Riddich, who is going to be part of that tandem moving forward. But don't get me wrong, UC Soros is the starter. I think this is a great deal. I talked about one of the best deals of the offseason was the uh, the Adam Pellick deal over in the island. It's an eight-year deal, and it's like $5.7 million, and everyone's like, yeah, well, he only had this amount of points, but he's one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. And his analytical numbers showed that, not just the fact that they've been to -to back-to-back Stanley Cup, uh, not Stanley Cup, but Stanley Cup runs to the third round. And everyone's like, how are the Islanders doing this? They don't have any big names on defense. Well, you're about to know him, Adam Pellick. This is kind of one of those deals for Nashville. And if you remember, right, if if you're just, you know, if you're a a fresh fan and you're like, you know, who's UC Saros? And, you know, if you kind of know, he had a big run last year. He went 21-11-1, had a 9.27 save percentage and a 2.28 goals against average. He actually had votes for the Hart Trophy, which was the MVP of the league. He was that good leading Nashville to a Stanley Cup berth. What you also might know is that he's played in over 160 career games, 161. He has a career save percentage of 920. The league average last year, I think, was like, what, 907, 908, if that? And a career 251 goals against average. That is more than enough to go off of in 161 games. Also, last year, he ranked first among all goaltenders, Carey Price, Andre Vasilevsky, Philip Grubauer, Marc-Andre Fleury. He was ahead of all of them. Sporting a 24.64 goal saved above average at 5-on-5. Five five. What that stat boils down to was, if a shot is expected to go in, but you stop it. And then they have another stat where he was top five in high danger Save percentage. So scoring chances that are high danger, not shots that should go in but don't, but high danger, meaning higher quality opportunities, not just shots from the point. He was top five, number four, with an 868 save percentage in high danger situations. He's put together enough of a resume to show that he was worthy of an extension. In Nashville, for all the bad contracts they have on that team, Ryan Johansson, Matt Duchesne making $8 million a piece. This might be one of their better deals that they've got on that team. Victor Arvidsson's no longer there, unfortunately. A lot of players moved out. Nick Bonino's gone. But they've got their guy. And by the way, they made the playoffs last year with this guy. Pecorine eventually kind of faltered down. Pecorine had been the goaltender for them for the last decade or so. It was an absolute stud. But Nashville has transitioned very nicely from one guy to another. And now... They're paying him over the next four years at a very reasonable cap it. Just think of this right now. UC Saros was heart, getting heart votes, has an incredible save percentage, has unbelievable career numbers, makes $5 million. Jonathan Bernier, who signed with, I believe, the New Jersey Devils, who has been in Detroit, in who knows where, putting up eh numbers, 
signed at $4.1 million. Frederick Anderson, who was abysmal and lost his starting job last year to Jack Campbell of the Toronto Maple Leafs, who had a save percentage well below 900 and a goals against well above three, is making four and a half for the next two, and he's 32. This is a great deal. It's a great deal for San, for um, for Nashville. It's a phenomenal deal. It's a great cap hit. And I'm not worried about, well, I don't know if he's going to live up to the contract. It wasn't just last year that Saros was great. He's been great now for the last 161 games, and he's only getting better. I think it's a phenomenal deal for both sides. Saros gets some more money in the bank because he's only really been making a couple million bucks a year. He hits it, and he can sign another three- or four-year term after this is done. That takes him to 34-35. He gets another payday afterwards. Great signing all around for everyone involved. Um, Okay, let's finish off here with a couple more notable signings. The Winnipeg Jets and signing restricted free agent Blue Ladder Neil Pionk. They avoid arbitration and they settle on a four-year contract. It carries a cap hit of $5.875 million. He had originally signed a two-year, $6 million deal in 2019 and a trade with the New York Rangers that sent Jacob Truba the other way. Pionk has been just incredible over the last little bit. He's been averaging over 40 points a season for the last couple of years, over an 82-game pace. Really helped out with that power play. And, you know, as a throw-in piece, along with a first-round pick for Jacob Truba, uh, a lot of people right now would take Neil Pionk over Jacob Truba based on their stats recently. Pionk has been just a staple on that team and a great player moving forward. Great signing by uh, by both sides and well-deserved by Neil Pionk. As mentioned earlier, the Minnesota Wild signing Kevin Fiala to a one-year deal with $5.1 million. He was looking around the $6.25 million range. Minnesota came in at four. They avoided arbitration, and they uh, they settle on that deal. Uh, the Detroit Red Wings signing forward Adam Ernie. It's one of my favorite names of all time. Uh, they settled on a two-year deal worth $2.1 million per year. They also... It's five days removed from re-signing Jacob Vrana to a three-year contract extension worth $15 million total, $5 million AAV. And like I mentioned earlier, the Winnipeg Jets have announced that they are going to be at full capacity come the start of the regular season. I believe they're the first Canadian team to make this announcement. I wonder now if it's going to be a domino effect moving forward because there's still a lot of complications in Canada. I know the states are probably going full um, full capacity, but in Canada, Winnipeg being the first team to announce that they are going full capacity for the 2021-22 season. And that's uh, very exciting and very uplifting to hear. Uh, But until then, that about does it for today's episode. Thank you for listening in. As always, just make sure to listen in on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. I got about seven or eight different platforms that it's being streamed on. So I appreciate the love and support that you give me each and every week. Like I mentioned, next week I'm going to be in Alberta. So I might have a special guest join me on the podcast if we do it. If we don't do it, I will make an announcement on our social pages. So that is Instagram and Twitter at ST Hockey Podcast. And... That about wraps it up for today. Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy any other news that comes our way. Still some uh, dominoes to be dropped in the form of trades and signings and whatnot, but we just got to wait and see. Until then, enjoy. That's a wrap.